0: This is the Disciple Makers Podcast by Discipleship.org. Today is the final episode of this mini-series on disciple-making culture, and then we'll get back to our regular Season 7 of the Disciple Makers Podcast. Look, making disciples, that is, making singular individual disciples one-on-one, is one thing. But what about creating a culture of disciple-makers throughout your whole church? That's an entirely different task— But that's exactly what Brandon Ginden is talking about in this mini-series. In the first four episodes of the series, we talked about various topics, the nature of this type of culture, stories of disciple-making culture, issues particular to church staff, and the greatest barriers. Today's episode, look, we need to celebrate, we need to be motivated. Today's episode is about the joyful rewards of building a culture of disciple-makers like we're talking about. In this episode, Brandon takes a look at the fruit God has produced in his ministry experiences to celebrate the good things God has done through the teams he's been a part of, including his family. Don't forget to check out his book about the topic at discipleship.org slash books. Or if you'd just like to see the intro to the book, you can download a free visual introduction at discipleship.org slash ebooks. Links for both of these are in the show notes of this episode as well. And now for today's featured content, the last episode of this mini-series. It's called The Joyful Rewards of Building Disciple-Making Culture, featuring Brandon Ginden. Take a listen.
1: My name is Brandon Ginden. I'm the lead pastor, senior pastor at Real Life Ministries Texas in Tomball, Texas.
0: And this is a special podcast series that we're doing about disciple-making culture. And Brandon, you've written a book by that name, disciple-making culture, and it's about creating and cultivating thriving disciple-makers throughout your church, which I think is a really important message for the church today. Because, you know, in a church culture where it's either education-driven and education's good, or if it's more programmatic or whatever, there's all these different ways of doing church. But what you're saying and your message about disciple-making culture is, let's take a step back Let's look Mm -hmm. beyond strategy, tactic, and programs, which all have their place, right? but they all come out of something deeper, which is culture. And so in this episode, we're just going to focus on the joyful rewards of building this kind of culture in our churches, because like we've talked about, it is hard work. So Brandon, if you could just sort of dive into this, I want you to talk about the fruit of our efforts when we do this as leaders. And if you would focus on joy, because Mm. (laughs) this stuff is hard, right? But the level of joy and satisfaction in the fruit is really what we put into it. You, you reap what you sow. And so would you tell me about this in different seasons of your life and ministry?
1: Yeah. You know, this is the fun stuff. This is kind of the celebration and the high fives. This is, seeing the lives changed, you know, such a big part of, of leading in the church and creating this disciple-making culture and fighting for it and holding on to it. You know, I make the joke that a lot of times when we're trying to lead people through this, it's like trying to load monkeys on a flatbed. There's just monkeys swinging everywhere and trying to drive the truck and swinging from the tailpipe. And it just becomes a sometimes this big convoluted mess And that's part of it that we have to fight and it can be difficult. What you're asking here is really this is the fun part and the celebrations. And, you know, I've been blessed to have so many people that God has put in my path that I've had the opportunity to walk alongside of as they grew, whether it be from not knowing Jesus at all to coming to Christ and being raised up and walking away from maybe even addictions or struggles or things in their lives and seeing the Lord heal marriages and just incredible fruit to even to the point to where they're, they're now serving in the church, making disciples themselves, and even further people going on and being in ministry. You know, I think way back from years ago when I was at Real Life in Post Falls with Jim Putman, there's a guy that I'm still really good friends with today. Um, his name is Gene Jacobs. Um, Gene is, is now the senior pastor at Real Life Ministries, uh, Silver Valley and Gene and Christy Jacobs have just done a tremendous job out there and making disciples in a healthy church. And uh just been proud of them for years. But I remember when Gene first came into the church and and some of the struggles that he and Christy were having and, and being able to walk alongside them and him really committing his life to the Lord and you know the the struggles that they had and, and eventually getting into a small group. And I remember, um, Gene and I having really hard conversations early on, and there were tears and, and struggles. And they continued to press on, and they had others that were in their life as well, speaking into their life and speaking truth. And, and I remember, though, Gene, what I would have always appreciate about him is he didn't quit. Regardless of how hard things got, and, and even when I would say hard things to him or challenge him in the Word of God. He just kept at it. I remember times when his wife um, would be frustrated with him, or he was frustrated with her, and they just didn't quit and kept at it. And I remember the first time I asked Gene to lead a small group, and and they were you know growing and getting spiritually healthy, and he didn't believe that he could do it, and I, you know he felt inadequate. But God does what God does, and he used me and and others in their lives and encouraged them and walked with them, and they were incredible disciple-makers. And in fact, Gene was doing such a great job. He was the first person I remember ever talking to about being somebody in in our church in Post Falls about coaching small group leaders, coaching other people to do it. And Gene just almost laughing at me, and I, I remember those conversations, and to the point to where one day Gene and I were walking uh, at a men's retreat and I could just see the call in his life to ministry and that God wanted to use him and that he needed to follow the Lord in this calling. And we brought him on staff and he was a small groups pastor. And once again, God used him in a powerful way and I got to coach him and walk with him and be on staff with him and did a great job. And, and eventually the Lord called him to plant a new church And that's where he's been since. And this incredible fruit along the way of seeing lives transformed, seeing the people that Gene impacted, to see the people that he was able to lead to Christ, he and his wife. and, And just what a testimony of their marriage, of the process that Jesus modeled and gave to us, and seeing disciples made and churches born from it was just, it was incredible. It's always been an inspiration you know, to me. And, and there's other stories that are like that, that I've seen back, you know, from my time in Post Falls. And I continue to see some of those today. Um, you know, lives change very, very similar. I've shared some of the stories on earlier podcasts. But, you know, that's the high five. That is the fruit that we get to see and get to be a part of, that all of the difficulties that we face and the amount of work and discipline that it takes to uh, to build and uphold this culture when the Gene Jacobs of the world occur, it's all worth it. It is. It's just the joy that I have at looking back and going, man, it's been worth it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it. you really only start to understand this kind of thing when you become a parent, either spiritual or, or biological. My wife and I have an 18-month-old. Uh, Brandon, you know that, but I'm telling our audience, uh, and we have one on the way. So even at 18 months old, Uh, My daughter, you know, brings me such great joy. And I was taking a walk with my wife the other day, and, and and our daughter Emma was with us. And I remember just watching her like run through the grass. Right? It's like really simple. And then it clicked for me: why parents spend so much time watching their kids play sports? I used to be like, that is so boring to watch these little kids just run around chasing the soccer ball. It's like how? But dude. There was no soccer ball. There was no team. She was just running in the grass, and I was so just happy to watch her live, you know? And I think what you're saying is the same is true with spiritual parenting, that we get to delight in the fruitfulness of our spiritual children, and maybe they're older than us, you know? Is Gene older than you, Brandon?
1: He is, yes.
0: And I think that that's beautiful because that shows humility on his part to be discipled by you. And it shows humility on your part that you didn't consider yourself inadequate. You knew exactly who you were in Christ, that you were a disciple maker, and that you guys are on the same team. You're equals in Christ. And God has placed you over people with his authority, not yours. And so I just love that, man. I can totally relate. Um, I want to hear some more stories, maybe some more recent ones, about you know maybe it's your church staff or or other people in your church who just brought you great joy in in watching them develop into thriving disciple makers
1: it's a great question and a hard question because i literally could go through the story of each person that's on my staff right now and share incredible stories one that stands out is one of the guys on our staff his name is Brandon Collins and um, he is a. We have two small groups, pastors Alex Jones and, and and Brandon Collins, right now. And Brandon, when he and his wife Bonnie came to church, it's a funny story. He would hear the stuff that I was talking about, preaching about on Sunday, and it was something that he always longed for in the church. Um, he grew up in the church and always longed to be part of kind of something bigger in this culture that's talking about. And he was feeling it, experiencing it hearing people talk about doing life together. And he'd been a police officer and had just recently retired. And so he had known what it was like to be kind of in a brotherhood and camaraderie and and those kinds of things. But he had never seen that in the church and kind of the family feeling. And so when he came in, he was starting to experience that. And he was skeptical. He was like, What is this guy? Some kind of cult leader? You know, what's the deal? And he did a bunch of even background like research on, on me and, and all this. And it was pretty funny. Now he and I joke about it. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And, yeah. And he, um, and really, he'll, he'll tell you that he was like, I just couldn't believe that this was true, that this really could happen. And so he and bonnie started going to their first small group and he started to build relations both of them were building relationships and and actually their small group leader um started to really invest in them and disciple them and they were growing like crazy he and i started to build a pretty good relationship and he would come in and have all these questions and then my, he was really close and being discipled by my executive pastor tommy robertson and tommy was really investing in them and they were um he's doing a great job discipling brandon and and all these questions and, and just watching him grow and how fast he was growing. And six months, eight months later, we're noticing and seeing this, just this real call to ministry that he had. And his passion to see other people experience what he experienced, his passion to see people grow as disciples and then be able to make disciples. And Brandon and Bonnie, kind of, we launched them out and they started their first small group. And instantly, I mean, the thing grew he began pouring into a couple guys and they were growing and we're seeing this tremendous fruit. And the whole time I'm kind of standing back from this and watching because I wasn't the primary person along the way that invested in Brandon. I did some, but it was Tommy and some other guys that really poured into him. And so for me to get to see my time with Tommy and, and some of the other guys that I had spent now being transferred and into Brandon and taught in him and Brandon now discipling others And to just see this hunger and fire, not for Real Life Ministries Texas, not for our church, so to speak, but for Jesus and for Jesus's method and Jesus's church. And that's what I loved about those guys. They weren't being loyal to our logo. They weren't being loyal to Real Life Texas, so to speak. They were learning a loyalty and obedience to Jesus. And to his method, and no matter where they go, they were going to live that out. And so to watch Brandon raise up, and you know, we had the opportunity a few months ago to hire him to bring him on as our groups have been growing, and we needed another small groups pastor. And he's just done fantastic. Um, you know, I spent much of my life back in Post Falls over small groups. Um, that's where I started. I was a small groups pastor, and so. My passion is for for those guys. Um, my heart goes out to him, And he's doing a tremendous job. In some ways, he's better than I ever was at it. And uh, to see that lived out is just, um, as you said, it's the joy that comes from it. It's the fruit of the process. And um, I'm just incredibly thankful to the Lord that I get to see it.
0: Right. And we're talking about spiritual parenting again. But I do actually kind of want to ask about your kids and your home disciple making culture, you know, like where the joy of even watching your kids grow up in a church who lives like this. What's that like, Brandon?
1: Well, you know, I think, I mean, many of us, those of you that are listening, you know, we're, you know, if you have children, you know, we're biased towards our kids and that's good. And that's a, you know, a healthy, good thing. You know, I, I'm obviously biased. Um, I have four kids, um, two girls, two boys. And, you know, I've been able to live this culture out in our home and not like even in the church, not perfectly. You know, it's not some, uh, you know, that we do everything exactly right all the time. I've I've made plenty of mistakes, but we fight for this culture in our home, a home of being able to be transparent, and be honest with each other, to say you're sorry, to fight through conflict when we disagree. We've tried to live that out and promote it within our a, a be, amber and i to be disciple makers to our kids and challenge them as they grew up to disciple others to live that out with their friends and so you know we have we've had the opportunity to see three of our four kids lead somebody else to christ lead their friends to christ my two daughters you know are very involved with fast pitch softball i've got to see them lead teammates to christ invite kids to the youth group invite kids into small groups uh, my son, Grady, is very passionate about all this. He, he believes he's called to ministry, and this is what he wants to do. And, and so it's been fun to see it transition and have fruit, not only in the church, but fruit in our home, and that our kids, they don't know anything different that doing life and living in a disciple-making culture, and that I, as their dad, expect them have an expectation for them that not only are they a disciple but they learn and know how to disciple others and we talk about that we celebrate that in our home and they have a lot of questions around it dad what would you do with this how would you you know what would you say to this person dad my friend had this question how would you answer it and being able to teach them and hand those principles off to them as they disciple and invest in their friends
0: Right. And the assumption in your house is like, this is what we're going to do because it's who we are. That's right. Um, which changes the conversation. It's kind of like, if you don't get on board with this, <laughs> you're just kind of left in the dust because this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, kind of. You know, but it's not a forceful thing, right? That's another part of the the love aspect of this culture. Right.
1: That's the part where I was saying is if it's who you are and you're living it out and it becomes who you are, it's become the culture and and you just don't know any different you know, that's the part where I would, again, I would encourage everybody that's listening. If that's not totally been your home to this point, that doesn't mean you're defeated that there's changes and things that you can do to bring into it. It's like my wife and I, I mean, we haven't always done it perfectly. We've, we've gotten really busy and disconnected with the kids and not followed up with them like we should. And then we have to get back and get focused and fight for it again. And, but it does, it becomes who you are. And I mean, it's, it's who we are as a family.
0: Brandon, I, I want to talk about the book a little bit. I know we're at the end of this series, this special series on disciple making culture. I wanted to just hear your heart about the book a little bit. And if you could even give people a reason to read it, because they've been hearing a lot about these stories and it's like, okay. And the one thing that I think is such a great gift to leaders right now is the tools and the practical steps that you list out. You mentioned a lot of other things as well, stories and such. But I think that just hearing these audio podcasts would be inadequate because, you know, it's motivation really, it's vision casting. But when we get down into it, I wanted to just hear, you know, what does this resource, it's a book called Disciple Making Culture. It's a discipleship.org resource and a hymn publications book. What is this going to offer for people? I know it's kind of putting you on the spot, um, but you've just invested a lot of time into this because you're so passionate about it. So I wanted to hear you talk about it a little bit.
1: Sure. Well, it's 20 years of ministry. I can't believe it's, it's been this long. Of all these years of doing this and trying to live this out as best that I know how, that the men and women that I've got the opportunity to do this with You know, in in the last few years, we've really seen the word, the concept of discipleship become almost a buzzword in the church. A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are writing books about it. And, you know, I, I love to talk and interact with leaders in the church, paid staff, volunteer, and to hear their hearts and to, you know, I've talked with probably thousands now over the 20 years at all kinds of conferences and whatnot. And the consistent conversation would always come back to this principle. I've never been discipled. I don't know how to make a disciple. And I've heard that from senior pastors, clear elders to everybody in the church. And so I've I've always, that's bothered me that how is it that the great commission that King Jesus called us to, that the leaders in Jesus's church have never experienced being a disciple or or making a disciple or really if ever felt like they were discipled. Now that's not everybody. There's people on this podcast. I'm sure the audience that have been discipled had great mentors and great examples, but such a vast number of people have not. And that has had a big impact on me. Like how in the world did that happen? What do we need to do to help change that? So there was that piece but then the other part that I've dealt with is people saying, how do you do that in your church? What does that look like? Brandon, and I like I said, I haven't been to some. I don't know what it looks like. And so my heart behind this book was to really try to paint the picture. This is what a disciple-making culture looks like. And to also try to encourage and to motivate, to inspire people to go, well, I can actually do this. This is not you know, rocket science, I can't, it's going to be hard work. It's going to take some commitment, dedication, but I can do it. And so that was the heart behind it was knowing that a lot of people in the church do not know what it looks like. They may know how to go buy a curriculum. They may know how to maybe have a program, but to really have it be something, be who they are. That was the heart behind this book is to be able to put a resource in the hands of, I mean really of of you know my hope would be that every Christian would read it from the standpoint if it helps you be a better disciple or at home a better disciple uh, in your church and creating a culture to where it happens because that is what King Jesus commissioned us to do as Christians as ambassadors as representatives of the king He handed us, if you will, I think of it like an edict, like a, here's your marching orders. And that's what we were given. And I just, I I take that so seriously. And so that's what I wanted to do with this book is to, to put some real meat to it and to give examples and stories and practical application to say, hey, you can do this and go start building this culture wherever you are.
0: Thanks, Brandon. And you can find that book at hymnpublications.com. You can also find it in the discipleship.org resources section under books. Um, I encourage you to get that book for your team, read it for yourself, and gain from the experiences of others. Brandon, you've you've learned a lot of hard lessons, but as we're focusing on this episode, you've really experienced a lot of the joy. So I wanted to close this mini-series out, this special series about disciple-making culture, with just a snapshot of a story that you mentioned to me the other day about when you took a trip with your staff last year back to Idaho. So you took the Real Life Ministries Texas team back to where you started ministry. Give the listeners a peek into what that was like in terms of the reward for you as a disciple maker.
1: Yeah, we have what's called the Gathering, the Conference Conference, um, back at Real Life Ministries in Post Falls, where all of us that churches that are part of the Relational Discipleship Network, we all go back there in the summer and, and we come together and just have a great time and celebrate and do some some learning. And I wanted to go a little early with my team, and you know I was born in Northern Idaho and some of my old you know, favorite places and where I used to fish and grow camping and all that things. I just, I wanted to share that with my team and, and spend some time together. And I just, I value whether it be here in Texas or wherever we go, that we kind of do this, these things together. And so, you know, there was 11 of us that went and, you know, that's a decent sized group and you're in two different cars and, you know, we landed and, and uh, went up uh, to a place called the St. Joe River there in northern Idaho and it's it's just incredible place Um, and you know we spent two two and a half days there together um, fly fishing and just hanging out and and just being a family together and it was just it was very special because you know there wasn't um, there just as a closeness and a proximity that we have as a team um, through all the things that we've been through together, through the culture, as we've said, that's been created. And we were able to just celebrate how God has used us. You know, our church is getting close to a thousand people now and growing and uh, getting up in those numbers, and to just see all the disciples that have been made and how each, how God's used each person on the team. And so there just, there wasn't a pride or there wasn't, uh, you know, animosity or jealousy or any of those kinds of things at all within the team. There was just a fullness, a joy, a love for each other, a celebration of how God has used each of us and our gifts and, and celebrating those things. And we just had a great time fishing together. We didn't catch a lot of fish, but uh, we just had a great time being together. And to me that if we can't do those things and we can't, be in this together it's one of the things i learned from jim putman that if if we don't have those relationships when we're building this culture then you know it's just not worth it to me that if we're not having those celebrations and and the joy and having unity and doing it together then then i think we're really missing what god intended for the kingdom to be and his church to be and so you know we had a great time and i love my team and they love each other and it's it's just been a a real joy.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing that. And we're talking about something that's really hard to do. It's to create a culture where disciple-making is normal. And for all the difficulties and challenges, we've got to remember that stuff because it's, I think you're right, man, it's the fruit that God produces in our lives as we work with Him to produce thriving disciple makers. The truth is, is if we don't take action, Brandon, if we don't try and do this empowered by the Holy Spirit, it's not going to happen. Right? God doesn't force us to do it. We decide to join in Him in response to Him as we're sustained by Him. But in the end, when we do choose to partner with Him in this, Man, it's so, you know, Jesus talks about, I came to give life and give it to the full. And that's what we're talking about. This is the high life, you know, this is the real high life that God intends for us, man. So, what a great way to end this series. Is there anything else you wanted to add?
1: Just as I've done each podcast, I just want to tell everybody that's listening, you can do this. You have the Spirit of God as a follower of Jesus Christ to empower you to do it. You have the Word of God you know, that, that you can do this, to take the steps to do it. If it's to, to get the book and read it, great. If it's to find like-minded uh, people that are already living this out and doing this, and to go and learn to humble yourself and to grow, that you can do it, that Jesus wants to do this work in you. He wants his church to flourish in the kingdom of God, to expand. And so I just want to encourage everybody that you you can do it.
0: Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Chad. That was Brandon Ginden on Disciple Making Culture. Thanks for listening to this mini series. And if you haven't already, now's the time to look at his book, Disciple Making Culture at Discipleship.org. Click on the links in the show notes of this episode. You can go there and find the book in the book section of the website, or click the link in the show notes of this episode to learn more. Thanks for listening. Until next time.